From Korea Tessel in Gyeonggi-do, South Korea, this is Greg Lewis with the Youngin Chapter Podcast. In this second episode of our new series, rummaging around the backrooms of planning and production of the 2021 Film ah, Making Festival and National Conference. Film Making Festival and National Conference. We, I think that's a, like a say five times fast kind of thing. 2021 Filmmaking Festival and National Conference. Coming this fall, November 3rd to 7th. I check in with Cotisol First Vice President Rea Matatuk to see how the conference machine is revving up. I also touch base with the Film Festival Chair, Ashley Ford, to get her perspective on things film-like. So, um... Just go for it. Right. Now you've all been working together for a while. How are people getting along now? I think that the core team, we have been working together really well for the last year without storms. And I don't think we need to have storms. I mean, there will be some challenges here and there, but uh, really just want us to have fun and everyone to be in a position that makes them know that they're happy to be in. We're using a new system that's never been done before. So a lot of things that are requirements that people in the program would have to do have been automatized. And so it's a different perception of what their role is. They're not so much, you know, if we're having a conference in physical space, you have so much space, so many people who want to use it within the schedule, you have to whittle it down. But in an online space, yeah, we do have a schedule and there are a certain number of rooms we can open online as well, but it's a lot, uh, a broader space to hold a lot more people. And then there's also the alternative of having them put presentations up as videos so we can accommodate a lot more people. And instead of a gatekeeping, it's a little bit more like a communicating about um you know, okay, you've been completely accepted or you've been accepted provisionally, please update this and then we're good to go. And the new system, we can do the vetting through Eventzilla, which is a new thing. Normally it requires a lot of email and spreadsheets and managing data and it's quite, a, it takes, it's a fastidious task. And it still is, but it's just so much simpler. And we're learning also ourselves how to use it right now. You're using the same event management uh, system that that the, was used in the international conference, Eventzilla? It, it is aptly named after a, a monster in the sense that it kind of like is rolling along and morphing and becoming something new all the time, but in a cool way. But it can be a little bit of a monster because there's a learning curve that goes along with it when there's new things to do on it. Um, but we have a lot of time on our side, so we're happy to learn how to use it, and excited to try it. You, you, in our last interview, you mentioned open source, that the conference would be open source. Is that still, is that idea still alive? Is it still kicking? 
Okay, as of today, Saturday the 22nd, our uh, the Eventzilla conference site is fully functioning and ready to take presentations. So when we opened the call for presentations, it was not ready to go yet because we had to uh, wait for the organizer to finish the conference he was working on and set up some stuff for us. But now we're, we're rolling. So anyone who goes to the website will know a lot more clearly what is required and... Um, that it says right on the front page that it is 100% free. In, in regards to your question about open source, it is definitely open source, but uh, presenters should be a current Cotisol member before they begin the conference. And with every team, at least one team, the person who submits the film should be a Cotisol member. So people are welcome to join from a lot of different groups, but it's a requirement that the person submitting it should be a Cotisol member unless they're a student and it's being submitted on behalf of their instructor who's a Cotisol member. So for example, if you have 10 teams of students that have made these cool videos, they can all go under the umbrella of Greg Lewis and have their own individual submissions. Or if your students really wanted to buy a student membership to Cotisol, they could just go off and do it completely on their own, independent of you. Or if you wanted to submit your own creative film, you just have to make sure your Cotisol membership is updated and you can do it. So there's no fee to join as a presenter or an attendee, except membership is required to be a presenter. But uh, there was, I'm looking through the questions in the survey. Some people are hoping it would be face-to-face. -face. It's just not going to be safe to do that this year, not in a way that um, is consistent with people in all different institutions around Korea. Perhaps the spring conference will be a hybrid, but the fall conference will 100% for sure be online. And it will 100% for sure be, well, it's just easier to plan because if we have a contingency plan for offline, that is a completely different thing to plan for expenses, venue, etc., etc. It's just, you know, people can meet in small groups, but that's not the same as reserving a huge conference space. It's very, very unlikely that that would be allowed within this year in Korea. Um, so it would just be a waste of our resources to try to plan that. Um, but, but I was just going to say, if things open up by the fall, what people could consider doing is hosting watch parties, you know, within the social distancing rules, they could gather in small groups to watch some things like have a chapter hosting a watch party or a SAG hosting a watch party in a location where social distancing rules have been applied, um, you know. And a lot of things could change between now and then, even in Zoom. Like we're going to be using Zoom, but there was a recent update, for example, that people in the waiting room can now chat with each other. I have to look into those details if it's an extra feature you have to pay for or not. I'm not sure, but I expect evolutions in the software right up until the fall. So we just want to be flexible and make use of whatever is available. But we'll have to have everything set up. We have a very structured plan. 
but there is a flexibility built into the, our plan and that we do have two streams in our event. We have films and conference presentations of all the usual sorts. So we're going to have a big wave of, hopefully, a big wave of applicants uh, for the conference presentations that we'll be looking through. And part of the reason we want to wrap it up a bit early is we have some plans to gamify the event, make things a little fun, a little extra, a few bells and whistles, which we can't do if we are accepting submissions up to the last minute. But for the film projects, people really do need more time because it's a new thing. We want to provide workshops to assist. And also, if you want to gather stuff from students, like um, we need more time to do that. And I, could, I basically see this, this whole conference as project-based learning for teachers, too, because we've been thrown into the deep end learning more digital skills. Everyone has, like on one level or another. And the penultimate is to be a content creator. You don't have to be a professional movie maker to join this event. That is actually not open for those people. It's open for teachers and students for the most part. And um, so we will be putting on workshops. The first one's happening Tuesday, and we're going to try to keep having them going. Um, I think I mentioned to you that three of us joined a 72-hour uh, liquid arts film co festival competition and we did it and so we're going to talk about how that was for us on Tuesday and show what we made and some tips and tricks that we picked up and we're all of different levels within our small group as well in regards to experience with doing that kind of work um, but I feel like it's really ignited an excitement amongst us all to do more like that, which is the greatest thing. And I am going to be looking for people to put on workshops as much as possible between now and then to help. But in general, I would just say the number one thing, believe your students. I think that that's the biggest problem is people think, oh, that seems really complicated. If you were in attendance at uh, one of Wayne Finley's last presentations, which was on 21st century skills, one of them being creativity, he talked a little bit about how he did film projects with his students in 30 minutes. He sent them outside, said, come back in 30 minutes with a video, like a short movie that you've edited. They all came back and they had stuff that blew him away. Because they're of the generation where that's their native language, you know? And I think it's a generation gap. Not all teachers, but some teachers find it harder to work with these mediums. And they assume that the students are going to have the same problems. But probably the students know a lot more than we do, which is what I found in the past. Because when I did this creative video, I thought, how did my students who've done these projects with me before the pandemic, how did they come up with these magical things that are just so incredible? Like I had... I respected them and loved what they did before, but I hadn't gone through the same exact process as they did. And having gone through that process, I just think that they're wizards. And, you know, I really, we should never underestimate them and give them a chance to get even better at this skill. And there are a lot of academic underpinnings that are a little bit emerging in the ELT field, but are very well set in the overarching um, academia and body of research and education in general that I hope to see emerging in the conference side as well. As it is the same for teachers, if we want to teach that, we need to get on the other side of the camera too, and we have to be vulnerable. We have to have a beginner's mindset and be open to not being perfect. So I would love to see a whole bunch of videos where people are just uttering a few expressions in their 
other language because that's how our students feel for one and also trying out this digital media because anyone with a phone can make a movie there's lots of free apps and we're going to do our best to try to um, scaffold the whole process as much as possible but I think it's going to ignite some excitement in people who give it a shot because when you do something creative it's really exciting you know and it's it's part of being a learner as a whole being you know we're not mechanical robots just as receptacles for bits of information we are active whole beings that need to be engaged and have some exciting tasks put before us you know made clear with proper steps and working through these things together as teachers that's what the conference is about you know and any other elements of academic pursuits we're, we're inviting people to be storytellers and they can set the narrative as they wish but we just want it within this certain framework also like how are we dealing with all that's going on what are some of the things that we've learned what are the obstacles you're facing let's face them together you know a lot of research is just about solving a problem and opening up the discussion to different options because we can, in a vacuum, it's a lot harder to come up with the solutions than together, which is why a lot of people enjoy Cotisol, because they learn so much from just having a chance to discuss and share with others. And I would love to see more students have the stage than what we've been able to do before. And now we're in a time that it should be feasible. If I put this if I put this into phases, like phase one is just getting all of the organizational stuff together, getting all the ducks lined up and facing the right direction. And phase two is is like the filmmakers, young and old, and the and the presenters getting all their material gathered together. And then phase three is the actual conference in November, where the public get to admire all that material, the films and the presentations of people's research or, or areas of interest. Have I got that right? Right, and all along the way, um, the workshops are a way of engaging and promoting the events, and. Our public relations chair, Lisa Huntsberger, has a lot of uh, surprises that will be coming out in the next week or weeks, showcasing people who are involved. And so we want to have regular features of the people who make up the team and what they're thinking and um, what they're up to to keep a dialogue going. So part of the goal of the national conference is to give Cotiso members um, an event that isn't just on a weekend, but it has a lead up that will have moments throughout the year that they can interact with. So I think having something new that requires this sort of learning curve uh, helps us meet that goal to have different ways that they can be engaged, you know, in addition to the events put on by the chapters and the SIGs, but also chapters and SIGs are welcome to help us out with uh, promoting content that could be useful for uh, facilitating people's motivation and understanding and uh, everything they need to get involved. For example, the Pusan chapter will be putting on a workshop on video abstracts. So another thing that's different about this conference is for every presentation, which would be a film or if you're going to do like a workshop or something, we're asking people to submit a short video abstract. And it's becoming a thing in the academic world for research papers too. So I think that it's great to, you know, ride the wave of this trend and um, 
also it helps people get ready. You mentioned the video abstracts in our last chat. Are you, are you worried about any pushback on that, on video abstracts? Um, no. <laughs> because because um, it's just the tiniest mini glimpse of what they would do if they actually get in the doorway. So we're not asking them to come into a physical doorway. We're asking them to present online using media. So you should be able to do a 30-second to one-minute video to talk a little bit about how you see your presentation going if you plan to have a 45-minute slot live on a Saturday. So it's a way of showing what you know right now and getting engaged in the process. You know, I think it's good to put things into steps when you do a project and have checkpoints. So this is just a, a small checkpoint along the way to ignite that, um, the reality of what it will be. You know, and I hope that people understand that we're all volunteers who have full-time jobs. We're just doing our best to try to put something on. It's not easy to do in a pandemic. And we don't, we don't want anyone to push themselves beyond what is comfortable for them. But I think the things that we're asking are reasonable. And if I were to ask people to make a video abstract a couple years ago, people would have looked at me like I had three heads. And now a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you want a video from me? Sure, I can give it to you in, what, 20 minutes or something? You know, everyone has a different level of comfort with that. But we're getting more and more comfortable with using different mediums. But nobody knows what it's going to look like in November exactly. I mean, I have an idea of the schedule and what we want to have, but it's all up to all the people out there. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Hurry, people, hurry. Quiet. Quiet on set. Lights. Like this? Camera. Action! Where is the dog? Cut, 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 cut. Like this. Perfect. Cut, cut. Where is the dog? Light. Hurry up, people. Hurry. Camera. Quiet on set. Hey, where's the dog? Music. Cue the music. Smile. Cut. Perfect. Just like that, from seeming chaos to beautiful music, the 2021 Filmmaking Festival and National Conference is beginning to take form. And to help make the Filmmaking Festival a thing of beauty, we ha now have Ashley Ford, chair of the Film Festival, to walk us through some of the details of where to get info on, on bringing... Uh, filmmaking into your classes, as well as how to get a short film into this year's national conference. It's nice to see you again, Ashley. Uh, now, that sounds a bit like we are old friends, but in truth, I met you only yesterday, face-to-face, -face, online, when I popped in at the end of a workshop you were part of. 
So let's start with, where are you from, like originally? I think you're in Nagoya, Japan now. Is that right? Right. Yes, I'm living in Nagoya, Japan right now. But originally, I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, in the United States. And I moved to Japan about 10 years ago. And what brought you to Japan? Um, good question. Um, I had uh, the university where I graduated from and got my master's had a sister school in Japan. And we always got a lot of students coming from this university into our, into, um, our school. And right after I graduated, I got a job at my university teaching English uh, in the intensive English program. So they became my students. And then the next year, a position opened up in Japan at that university. And they asked me if I was interested in you know, being, you know, fresh off the, fresh off the graduation boat. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, a, a lot of my, a lot of my colleagues had already, you know, lived abroad and, and uh, had that kind of experience, but I never did. And so they kind of like encouraged me a lot to like go out there and experience the world and live in a foreign country. So I, I, I only meant to do it for two years, but um, yeah, yeah, it was 10 years ago. So, <laughs> um, at what, at what point did you get into filmmaking? Ah, um, well, actually that also was when I was in school because I've always loved film. Uh, it's been a hobby. And then I took a couple of classes when I was in university and then my, uh, advisor in graduate school, um, did a lot with, you know, video and education. And, and I got really interested in uh, kind of the project-based learning aspect of making films with ESL students. And so that was kind of how I got into it. And when I came over to Japan, they gave me kind of a lot of freedom to teach one class of, you know, whatever I wanted. And I decided I wanted to teach filmmaking. I was really lucky. <laughs> and I've been, and I've been lucky ever since because, you know, the, the next job that I got, you know, they were, they really liked that aspect of, um, that I had experience and they wanted some courses like that. So that was part of the reason they hired me. I don't have a, a lot of background in film studies so much. So it's mo mostly an English course, but um, I do teach them content, I teach them very basics of, um, of the process of filmmaking and uh, some basic cinematography, things like that. And then um, I, have a, I have a couple other courses that are related to film, you know, issues in society, uh, things like that, which are a little more content Wow. Film as content in an English class. It sounds like a dream for both you and your students. So I'm hoping that you can tell me what a film festival chair does. I'm hoping. <laughs> I hope so, too. I, 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 I'm still, you know, we're still, you know, finding our finding our roles and exactly what film ther film festival chair does, you know. I'm not even 100% sure yet, but we'll figure it out. 
it's always been my dream to have a student film festival, especially for English language students. If your students haven't been involved with filmmaking of, of any kind, really, other than on their smartphones, and I assume you use you you know promote the use of their smartphones because they already have them, but how do you you know warm them up to the idea of you know something called filmmaking? So I usually start by just having them do a self introduction video. You know, it's a kind of filmmaking, and. Uh, as part of the first class, too, you know, they often say, you know, my name or, you know, this is my hobby. But when they do it by video, they start showing things like this is my, this is my violin that I play, or this is this is me playing the piano, or this is my baseball team. You know, they can actually show you, and it's a really different feeling. And get really excited about that. I had I remember one introduction video that I watched. Uh, a student said, "I really like vinegar," and she showed me a big giant bottle of vinegar. And I was like, "That's something they would never have told me in a self introduction in the classroom." But I was like, "Okay, well, I learned something very interesting about you," <laughs> and I always remember it. <laughs> You mentioned that you're not quite sure what your role is as the film festival chair, but what do you hope the film festival will be as you move forward? Okay, well, we have we have a team working on this part of the conference, and so as a team, we've been doing a lot of things so far. Um, thinking about yeah, thinking about like the logistics of you know what what we want the film festival to look like or um, what kind of films we want people to submit um, and like the format and, and those kind of things, but also about how to encourage people to submit. And so I think right now it's very much a team teamwork. <laughs> um, eventually we'll have to kind of, you know, uh, check all of the submissions and vetting and making schedule and programming. So I'm thinking that part, as we get closer to the conference, will get a lot busier. Um, but so far, you know, we've talked about like what types of films we want people to submit. So there are two types right now. There's teacher films and student films. And um, underneath each of those, we have a variety of you know creative genres that you could submit your film under. So those kind of things we've worked out so far. And then we've started holding some workshops for teachers or people who are interested in learning about filmmaking, hopefully to start encouraging people to, you know, make something for this conference. One of the things we also did as a team um, was we participated in the Liquid Arts 72-hour film festival. That was May May 13th through the 16th. It's, it's like three or four days that you have. And from start to finish, you have 72 hours to write, shoot, edit, submit your film. Yeah, so three members from our team decided to uh, go for it. <laughs> I was here in Japan, and then um, Rhea was in Korea, and then one other member... Jeanette was in China, so not only did we have the challenge of 72 hours, but how are we going to do it remotely from three different countries? 
they have an event and um, the event where they showcase all of the people and films that have been submitted. And then they also have judges. So they have some awards for like, uh, you know, best film, or best performance. And they also give you, they throw in another talent. You have to use a prop, which was a clock in this case. And then you have to use a line of dialogue that's a set. And the line of dialogue was, the longest stories begin with a single breath. Both of those things are required. So one of the awards is, you know, the best use of those, the prop and the best use of the dialogue. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to make, to, to be challenged in a creative way. It, it has its stressful moments, but in the end, you're like, wow, that was cool. And we had to learn new things, you know, now we're kind of got that spirit, like trying new things or wanting to learn. Part of this conference is to inspire teachers to try something new. And before you do it with students, you should do it and try it yourself. You know, if you want to challenge your students to make a film, part of this conference, we're challenging you to do it. We want to see what teachers can come up with. And teachers need outlets to be creative too, right? Until we did this liquid arts film festival, the only thing I had done were like, you know, videos for class or, <laughs> you know, my own self-introductions. So how do I get started? I recommend uh, a lot of people have iPhones. So iMovie is free. You just have to download it from the app store and try it out. It's a it's a hands-on learn as you go kind of thing, but the apps are all kind of similar too. So if you if you try one and then you try another, there's a lot of, you know, the the jargon is the same like trimming and splitting and cutting and exporting. So if you learn one, you know, it's it's kind of easier to learn others that have more and more features or and things like that. And there's other ones that my students use. They like um, things like InShot or Filmora. It, it depends on how far you want to get into it, too, because there's a lot of really great paid apps out there, too. If you if you have some experience uh, or you have a subscription to like Adobe, there's a lot of you know things you can do with those apps, too. OK, I, I can do that. Now, how do I get my students started? One of the first projects I do with the students in my class is just to get them out using the camera. So there was a, a film festival a few years ago now. It was called The Beauty of a Second Film Festival. And basically, you just had to go out and take one to two second shots of just something that you thought was beautiful or a beautiful moment. And so I just go out and ask my students to take, you know, 10 shots of things that, you know, they thought were beautiful. And then, you know, we'll work together and we'll put them together in class and make a montage of all of our shots together. So that's kind of one of their first projects. I've done it a few ways. I've done it as a whole class montage. Um, and then I've done it, uh, I've put them in groups to make group, smaller group montages. When I, when we're learning about kind of basic cinematography and some of the different types of camera angles, like high angle, low angle, or, you know, pan or tracking shot or things like that. Um, I usually give them like a 
a challenge. It's kind of like the, one of the scavenger hunt kind of things where I'll give them a list. It's like, you know, take a shot from a low angle of a flower or something like that. And then they have to go through the list and check it off. So it's also, it's like a, it's a language learning activity, but, you know, it's also getting them out there with the camera and taking shots or, or having them, yeah, and having them do the opposite, you know, making a storyboard and coming up with their own subjects that they want to take and, you know, what kind of camera angles they want to use. Then they have to go out there and get them. You know, those kind of vocabulary things like, you know, long shot or wide shot or close up, like those kind of vocabulary are not, are not, you know, super high level. So, you know, I think you can in, incorporate those kind of vocabulary. I've even seen a film called Colors that's, you know, they take photos of things that are yellow or green or red. And it's not only, you know, going out there and taking the video, but it's also coming back and talking about it or sharing it. You know, what this moment, this one or two seconds that you captured, like what is happening in this moment or or what's the subject doing? You can you can incorporate a lot of language skills very you know at any level i think and the cotisol and the film festival are offering free workshops for people who are interested in learning more about filmmaking yeah i would i would highly recommend you know going to the workshops because you can ask your own questions um anything that you're thinking about um uh, is a is a good way to get kind of more one-on-one or kind of more personal uh, i always like going to workshops. Yeah, me too. I really do enjoy the Zoom workshops. And live ones are even better, but the, I don't know, the Zoom is just so darn convenient. So listen, I really want to thank you both, Rhea Matatuk before the chaos clip and Ashley Ford now. Thank you uh, for taking the time to, to chat with me and for sharing so much great information on how the conference machine, conference making machine runs and how the listener can introduce filmmaking to their students and and how they themselves can get comfortable with filmmaking, even if it's only an introduction of a, of a conference presentation abstract. I'm really starting to feel that we're getting some meat on the bones here of what this film festival and national conference is all about. Now, one thing I should add here, uh, we did talk about a bunch of different resources in addition to the workshops, and I haven't included them in the uh, all in the recording, which is simply a time issue. But we did talk about some books, um, Film in Action, Teaching Language Using Moving Images by Kieran Donaghy, and uh, Pixar Storytelling, Rules for... Effective Storytelling Based on Pixar's Greatest Films by Dean Moschewitz. Um, and, uh, and Into Film, I think that's in the recording, but has excellent guides for student filmmaking. Um, uh, a couple of apps, InShot and Filmorago, great uh, for, for video editing and video making, amongst many others, of course. And of course, there's the, the Cotisol Facebook group, and the Cotisol webpage, all great resources for information and all the happenings, Cotisol happenings, you know, including the upcoming workshops. So thank you both once again for all you're doing. We are so grateful for your efforts. 
and I'm looking forward to chatting again with you both and more of the people working behind the scenes in the next episode of this podcast summer series focusing on the 2021 Filmmaking Festival and National Conference coming online November 3rd to 7th. Yes! All right, thank you very much. And yeah, feel free to like cut out all that other... You have been listening to the Youngin Kotisal podcast, the chaos ensemble between Rhea's interview and Ashley's interview was performed by Christy Dolson as the singer. Ah, Lindsay Heron was smile. Uh, Rhea Metata called for lights, camera, and action. Martin Todd was perfect. Lisa Hunsberger was like this. Annika Kazam was quiet on the set. Michael Free was cut, 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 and James Rush was looking for the dog. And the chaos came together with the song Horizon from the album Paper Planes by the Jupp van Rijn Trio. Intro and outro music is also graciously provided by Jupp van Rijn and his trio. The song is titled Rush Hour and is from the same Paper Planes album. Please check out the show notes for links to music, as well as resources about filmmaking and apps for producing them. Information about workshops can be found by checking out the Cotisol Facebook group uh, and the Cotisol webpage. There was a lot of great information thrown at you in this episode, so feel free to listen again and be sure to check out the show notes for links. You've been listening to the second episode in the 2021 Filmmaking Festival and National Conference series presented by the Youngin Kotisal podcast. My name is Greg Lewis. Whew, how was that? Perfect. Perfect.